whether you have hypo or hyperthyroid, the first thing to ask is, have I been changing any of my behaviors lately regarding the way I use my voice? Keep in mind, if you go to the doctor, the first thing they'll do is give you radioactive iodine and get you on that track because they, they love putting people on thyroxin uh, for life. It's mm -hmm. one of those real good money makers for medicine, lifetime medication, and you can't mm -hmm. go off it because you've lost your thyroid. You don't want to go there unless you have to. First, try changing your vocalization pattern. Try to become more of what you used to be. In today's busy world, how can we find the inspiration, knowledge, and energy to live a healthy and empowered life? If we balance and harmonize our mind, exercise our body, live according to the laws of nature, and connect to spirit, can we find a way to heal, become our authentic self, and live our purpose with love? I am your hostess, Amy Fournier, and welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite. Welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. This show is about helping you to be more healthy and fit in mind, body, and spirit, as well as tap into your intuition, your true source of power, and awaken your authentic self. Is there a link between your voice and your thyroid? I bet you know at least one, if not multiple people that have quote unquote thyroid issues. If they're women, they're probably hypo, which is an underactive thyroid, and they might even be hyper, or they might vacillate between the two. The thyroid is an extremely important gland in the body that regulates our metabolism as well as our calcium balance and controls a lot of the features of our body that are associated with our metabolism, like our thermoregulation, meaning how cold and hot you feel, our sweating capacity. It also controls or has a lot to do with our skin and our hair, and our nails, and even because of the metabolism, our ability to stay lean, or lose weight, or gain weight, or whatever it may be. And don't forget, super important with our overall energy level, and God knows everyone has energy issues these days, right? So if any of this is ringing a bell, you definitely want to check out this episode today with my guest, who happens to be a repeat guest, Sydney Ross Singer. Sydney, had an amazing episode of my show, which you really need to check out, particularly if you're a woman. And if you know any women you love, send it to them because it was one of the most important episodes of the show to date. And it was episode number 119 on the link, the undeniable link between bras and tight clothing and breast cancer. Please check out Sydney's first appearance, episode 119 on that. But today, Sydney's back because we're talking about another very important, not talked about link that makes a lot of sense. And it's the link between the way we use our voice, and even if we use our voice, literally and metaphorically, and the function of our thyroid gland. It's a fascinating episode. So we're going to take a holistic view of the thyroid and the health of the thyroid. You're going to learn thyroid 101 here, which is important. And it might get you thinking a little bit. And uh, guess what? There's only one way to find out if it's legit is to try it. The beauty of it is you got nothing to lose. It doesn't cost anything and um, you're not going to hurt yourself. There's no side effects other than you might speak your mind and make someone upset. But who cares? <laughs> Speak your truth. Don't block up the energy in that area of your body, which can lead to a lot of problems, which you're going to hear about in this show. So 
Strap on your seatbelts. We're going to have a great episode. And by the way, if you're interested in the voice and the, the holistic nature of our voice, both symbolically and, and literally, you might also want to check out episode 108 with my beautiful guest, holistic voice coach, Ruth Ratliff, and episode 81 with Dr. Cliff Oliver, where we talk about using the voice and the relationship with the, the uh, polyvagal theory and the vagus nerve really interesting on the voice and stress. That's episode 81. And lastly, episode 80, the classic with Dr. Mario Martinez. And we talk about the cultural influences on our health, which is relevant to today's episode as well. So that's episode 80 with Dr. Martinez. All right, without further ado, let's join Sydney. Enjoy. And welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. Today is my guest, my friend, repeat guest, Sydney Ross Singer. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's great to be back with you, Amy. Are you still in Hawaii, Sydney? Fortunately, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just try to try to be here as much as I can. Uh huh. And you have a place there? Are you like a full time resident, or what's the deal? With yes. That? Yeah. I, we've been living here for uh, about thirty years. And uh, just leave for hurricanes and volcanic eruptions and try to come back and deal with it. But uh, Mm -hmm. it's a great place to live. Otherwise, uh, you grow your own food. We live on a nature, a nature preserve. Um, Wow. Yeah. So all of uh, we have affect too much fruit. I think we're eating too much sugar because we have all this sugary tropical fruit. Mm. So we have to just not eat it. And it's too tempting with all the great uh, uh, just treats everywhere. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. too much of anything is no good. I like to say fruit is nature's candy. Oh, it's sure. Too much candy. You get addicted yeah. to that stuff. Yes. And unfortunately, these days now, it's actually genetically changed to be sweeter and bigger and oh. plumper. And yeah, it's hard to resist. I mean, it truly is like candy. And oh, boy, you're in candy land there. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where in Hawaii are you? What part? Well, we, uh, we're on the big island um, uh-huh. on the east coast. Um, on, on this, it's the southeast coast near uh, in the Puna district near the town mm-hmm. of Pahoa. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's a very volcanically active part of the island. Ooh. And uh, yeah, ooh. But it, living <laughs> on the edge has its advantages and disadvantages, you know. And, and the advantage is it, it's um, very remote and very wild and extreme. I mean, you know, earthquakes and everything. And the other end of it, uh, so that's the advantage. And the disadvantage is I have to come into town like now Mm. to do uh, a podcast with you because signal, phone signal isn't that great. And I I didn't want, so, you know, you have to, you have to compromise, but it's really nice not to have to live snap dab in the middle of a culture all the time and just be with nature, which is what I prefer. Especially nowadays. And isn't that just as all of life, we have to, you know, prioritize and pick our battles and decide what are deal breakers, you know, because life is a a constant compromise. But I think, you know, the, the wiser we get involves knowing this is more important to me than that. Cause I I'm finding myself in a similar position. Like I want to be in nature as well, but then I also don't want to feel isolated. I need to somewhat have people around me. So everything is a compromise. It's a very interesting dance, isn't it? Yeah, well, we're not isolated in the sense that there there are no other people around. Um, mm-hmm. That we do go. There are people at the beach, and there are people in Pahoa. Mm-hmm. But what we think of as a group of people, like fifty people, is a lot. Yeah. And yeah, but it, it's 
And the kind of people that live around here are back to earth type people. Um, yeah. They like so you, we're off the, yeah, we're off the grid. We, you know, mm -hmm. so we have our own solar systems and we catch rainwater for our, for water. Wow. And, cool. And we, yeah. And this time around, since, um, the last time uh, the volcano chased us out in 2018, and we just came back a year ago. But the um, this time we don't have any dogs or cats. Oh. We always have lots and lots of animals, but they're all domestic animals, sheep, goats, horses. Now we're just living with nature and we're discovering um, a whole different, uh, a whole different environment. When there are dogs, they keep away a lot of animals. And when yeah. there are cats, Cats kill a lot of animals. So mm -hmm. now we have lizards like all over the house, these beautiful, um, they're called um, gold dust day geckos. Uh, they've wow. sort of moved in and have taken over a lot of the, this area because they're they're gorgeous. And they, they're they like 30 or 40 on the table eating bananas that we put Come out for on. them. And, How cool. Oh, yeah. Pet yeah, lizards. a cat wouldn't, you couldn't do that with a cat. And right. the same with the birds and then the wild, the pigs are the wildlife. We have lots of wild pigs, which actually um, are a mixed blessing, but um, mm. but that's the they wildlife. They can be loud. Pigs can be loud. They could be destructive on the lawns, but on the other hand, oh. you know, they got to live too. And, you know, it's like having deer. They can come into your garden and mm -hmm. mess it up also. So you just have to live with your wildlife. That's just, that's a very, I never thought of that. Like you don't have the dogs and the cats, but now you have other things instead that you didn't have because you had dogs and cats. Exactly. I think right. most people don't understand. Right. And when we lived, when we live with dogs and cats, they were living in their true element. We discovered uh, the real, true relationships people have had with these domestic animals for, for millennia. I think we forget the fact that in a way, these animals are um, like technology from the past. They were domesticated to be uh, so integrated with humans and to help us in so many things, hunting and protection and uh, as well as companionship. Now they're just companionship for the most part for most people. But uh, when you live in a place like we do, I mean, they they deal with hunting and they protect you from other dogs and they protect your livestock. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff they do that you understand why people had dogs. Mm -hmm. Makes me feel sorry for those kind of dogs in an, in an apartment building in the city that they were like, this is a tool for life in the country where they were meant. So in other words, we're living in a modern, as an anthropologist, I just mm -hmm. find this fascinating. We're living in a, a time when we have this old anachronistic technology that doesn't really fit anymore, animals. Now we want robots to do what those animals did. Uh, the robots are gonna be our laborers and they'll be there for us. And we are, so we've, we're replacing old technology of like basically biological robots, which we've made a lot of our livestock and other animals into. Um, and, and we want robots instead now. So, and, and this old technology that we've been living with, some people are so alienated, they don't even know how to deal with it anymore. So what we do with dogs now, we don't do what we used to do with dogs. Now they're companion animals and we use them in medical research, which is heinous and should be stopped. So we don't even understand our relationship with these. We're trying to redefine them in our modern world, which doesn't have a place for them anymore. Their, their whole role and context is gone, which was agriculture and hunter gathering type stuff. Uh, you know, cats are great ratters. If you, if you have rodents, you need cats. But if you don't have rodents, they also kill all the birds, all the lizards, all, and they play with them. So you just have like these killers that we live Yeah, with. they torture them yeah. a little bit. Well, we live with killers. We, it mm. says a lot about who we are, that our best friends are dogs and cats, which mm. are predators and very aggressive creatures. And um, I love them. 
and I work for them. I actually run an organization uh, that protects uh, the Good Shepherd Foundation that is an animal protection organization. So nice. I, I respect them for what they really are. I don't just romanticize them like I used to when I was a, an urbanite in New York City as a kid. It, living with animals intimately, where they are part of your daily routine, and you, you really you get to understand them. And then, of course, there are cultures they sleep with their their cattle or in the house or their goats because you got to protect your livestock and you put them in the house. Yeah. And of course, we've done that here too. I mean, we've raised little orphaned animals. You got to bring them into the house with you, and yeah. and you got to sleep cool. with them and make them because they need their mama. And you know, mm -hmm. so when you really live this lifestyle, it's it's incredible. I love this lifestyle. Well, I love that you're closer to literally closer to nature and source. So you're in your daily life. It's like it's just part like what you're explaining to us is. You know, it's just kind of the whole vernacular of your life, you know. It's the lifestyle. So, yeah, it's so different than the modern fancy technology. But the good news is, you know, with the, the, good, the, the good backlash of all the post-pandemic stuff and hoopla is not only did it unearth a lot of really bad stuff going on under the covers, but it made a lot of people realize how vulnerable we are to sustain our needs in providing for our food needs, clean water, community our sense of self-sufficiency you know that it, so it woke up a lot of people so that's the good thing and um so there's a lot more people like me well while i'm interesting i'm so i'm listening so interestedly because uh this is where i think a lot of us are going like really because i want to have chickens i want to have guard dogs i want to get back to the land i mean i've always been a nature girl but now i'm really like making it happen oh good yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. This is like, it's always been who I am, but now I actually have a whole dream plan that I've written out that I'm working on making it happen. Oh, good. Well, you know, that's all, that's who we all really, yes, really are. Yeah. Modern times are very, very recent. I mean, yeah. you just go, go back a hundred, a hundred years, years. Yep. Mm -hmm. and it was still, we were living, people were still living without electricity in many places, mm -hmm. in the United mm -hmm. States even. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah, 1920s wasn't very advanced. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of people living in shacks and living very primitively. And even a hundred years before that, you're talking about so much different relationship with nature and, yeah. um, so modern times have really alienated ourselves. We've become alienated from nature. And I think we, you know, the goal has always been to dominate it and to transform it and to humanize it. And, and that's what we try to do. We try to humanize the world and we want to do it with space and now exploit and it. everything. <laughs> exploit and exploit it. it. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I mentioned in the, in the introduction that uh, your wonderful episode 119, Bras and Breast Cancer Link, how uh, you are a medical anthropologist. And you've actually said, Sid, that don't let human culture get in the way of human nature. And I think that that's a beautifully powerful quote that's relevant to what we're talking about right now. And as a medical mm -hmm. anthropologist, do you want to expand on that at all, not letting culture get in the way of human nature? Well, it's, it's, I can expand in a specific way if you yeah. want to talk about specific examples. Um, is there something you want to focus on uh, for today that we should I talk do, about? I do, because as you know, we're going to talk about um, particularly 
there's so many people having problems with their thyroid, particularly hypothyroid, which is underactive. Right. A lot of people with hyper two because, you know, we're also in a chronically anxious culture right now. And a lot of people vacillate between the two, like a ping pong ball, hyper and hypo. And we're going to talk about, um, because this show is about holistic health and wellness, mind, body, and spirit. We're going to talk about not only the physiological effects, but also the psychosomatic, energetic, and esoteric effects of that area of the body, the thyroid, the, the voice, the neck, the throat. So that will be the focus today. So in, in regard to my question, and I'm glad that you clarified, what do you think that we're doing in our culture that is basically screwing up the way that our thyroid functions as well as our whole physiology between our upper chest and our lower, uh, um, the lower part of our head, so our neck, shoulders, upper chest, back? Well, okay, that's, that's interesting. So let's step back. The way to think about these things is like make believe you're just watching a movie about your culture and you're not part of it and you step mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. And, um, and, and think, what do we do to that part of our body first physically? If people wear neckties um, or anything tight around the throat, it actually can compress right on the thyroid. So because uh, let's, let's first define where the thyroid is. It's right, um, right around your, your voice box. So if you want to find that, you go to your Adam's apple, and that's the, the, the cartilage sticking out in your throat, and that bump, that's your Adam's apple. And just below it and to the sides of it are your thyroid. It's literally like a butterfly shape around your, your voice box. It wraps and around. It wraps around mm-hmm. it and it's, it's, so it's right. You can actually massage your thyroid if you wanted to right over here in your throat. And uh, so it's, it's touchable. The, um, so anything that's going to be tight around your neck, like neckties um, or chokers, if women wear choker chains or things like that, anything tight. Turtle or if you're tight turtlenecks. That's happened to me before. Scuba diving is a very tight neck, uh, neck um, seal. Once you're aware of tightness, like we talked about with bras and breast cancer, I am aware of tightness. So I, I with garments. So when it comes to anything you wear tight around your neck, you'll end up feeling like you'll see your neck veins stick out because, um, you know, the veins going down your neck. If you just put any constriction oh, around God. your throat, that'll yeah. immediately send out your neck veins because they'll the compression will back up the fluid from your brain. So you're going to increase your brain pressure and your eye pressure and all of that with neckties. They've done research showing that neckties actually can increase glaucoma risk, which is eye pressure. Makes so, sense. I mean, it's totally Yeah, because your brain, yeah, it shuts off your the, the drainage from your brain and it just gets pressurized by your heart, the arteries, but the veins are easier com- to compress because they have less pressure. So when you put a, uh, anything around a collar around you, that collar, and this, by the way, would apply to dogs as well. So that's why you probably don't want to have a dog collar I would get rid of any, I hate dog collars and I hate chokers. Um, Mm. Get a harness for your dog um, and train them with treats and other ways. There's other ways of training them with them with chokers, which is the old fashioned way. And anything, even if it's not a choker chain, if it holds your dog back by the throat, when they pull against your chain on that collar, they're pulling right into their thyroid. I mean, it's not going to be good for them to, and they, they you can even cough sometimes when these dogs are pushing, yeah. pulling in because the people don't know how to control them. Get a harness for your dog. Choker, any, anything around the neck is physiologically damaging to your dog's thyroid. 
uh, and it's just not a good thing to choke anybody besides being cruel. Okay. Um, so that's just my recommendation on uh, all of these things apply to animals too. In fact, a lot of animals have the same diseases as humans now because they're living like we are. We're feeding they're the same lifestyle that we have. I mean, they're eating similar foods and um, in a lot of ways, and they're living in a similar environment with similar pollution. And so they, they suffer similar diseases because we impose our lifestyles on these animals. Um, the, so, what, so that's the first thing I would think, mechanical interference with your throat. The second thing I would worry about uh, with the thyroid, which we'll talk today, well, there, there are vibrational injuries to your thyroid. We can, well, before I get to that, let me just, as a general category, say there's so many things that, are, that can create a goiter, which is a swelling of your thyroid, which is like your iodine levels. Um, you know, your thyroid makes thyroxin, which is the uh, major, it's a major hormone in your body that controls your metabolic rate. And if you have too much of it, you get hyperactive and you, you're, you're, you become intolerant to heat, you lose weight. You like, it's like your whole furnace and the whole metabolism is turned up. If you have hypothyroid, that's hyper. Hypo, which means low amount, hypo is low. Uh, thyroid means too low an amount of that hormone. And then you're lethargic. You're, you're just turned down. You get cold and sensitive. You, your, your appetite could be suppressed, but you're also Gain probably weight. gaining weight. Yeah. And, but it's like your whole Hair body loss. is turned down. Yes. So, um, so that's like hyper and hypothyroid. And a lot of things can cause that related to like iodine, because iodine is a major component of the thyroid hormone thyroxin. It has iodine in it. So when you are deficient in iodine, as people were in the United States a hundred years ago, iodine deficiency was like everywhere. That's why they put iodine in salt. That's why they have iodized salt. And that got pretty much rid of the, of the uh, goiters that people, a goiter is a swelling of the thyroid. It actually like grows to try to increase the amount of tissue that can absorb iodine, like to become even because there's so little. So it's like trying to get it and it, it multiplies itself to catch whatever iodine it can. So it grows and gets big. And, um, but that doesn't happen anymore with iodine supplementation in our diet. Otherwise the biggest sources of iodine are like seafood and, uh, um, yeah, it's basically a seafood type of a thing and, and seaweed and those are big sources of iodine. And a lot of people who are in the middle of Midwest, I mean, they don't have access to that. So they tended to be low in iodine. And if the, if the soil was low in iodine, you get deficiencies. And uh, there were a lot of those types of deficiencies. So iodine is very important for thyroid function. Too much is, is as bad as too little. They both can cause problems. So you need just the right amount. And that, and by the way, iodine, they get, um, well, it's a separate issue, but when there's a nuclear reaction, since that's in the news, I might as well make it topical. Uh, when they have a nuclear, a nuclear detonation, there's radioactive iodine that's produced. And that's why they give people iodine pills to basically saturate your thyroid with iodine so that if you're exposed to radioactive iodine, you're already saturated and you won't absorb as much. So it's, it's like an, an effort to avoid being absorbing radioactive iodine. So that's why people get iodine pills. And when there was some concern with Fukushima, when that went off in Japan several years ago, you know, the nuclear reactor that, that melt, there was a meltdown and all that radiation was these people were getting iodine pills. And that, that's why people were concerned about it. But you don't want to overdo iodine because I, there probably was some hypothyroidism that was created because of that iodine pills that people were unnecessarily taking. But anyway, 
That's the event. So other yeah. things can be goitrogens. Uh, a goitrogen is something that generates a goiter, and there are lots of chemicals that can do that as well. So chemical exposures, iodine, uh, those are all, there's a lot of things that affect your thyroid. One thing that affects the thyroid that nobody else was talking about that we discovered that we, um, uh, that I wrote about and I tried getting interest in, and I've seen now that there have been two studies to confirm it, uh, but not enough because there's no money in this. Um, and it's something that actually was known like 3000 years ago by Ayurvedic medicine. So it's not like this is uh, something that is a high tech new innovation. It's the realization that the thyroid is stimulated by your voice. And that's something that modern medicine has no clue about. And they really should. Hey, just cutting in here, I really hope you're enjoying the show because I want to share with you something that's changed my life. It's called the Core Harmonizer. And I've got my friend Ross here, and he's going to talk about what the Core Harmonizer is and most importantly, why it's changing people's lives. Not just my life, but pretty much everybody that's exposed to this beautiful piece of technology, what they're saying to Ross. What are they saying to you, Ross? Well, thank you, Amy. First off, the Core Harmonizer uses light, music and nested geometries to create a coherent environment and when people are in this environment uh, sometimes some pretty uh, awesome things can occur i talked to a woman the other day who was dealing with the aftermath of a stroke uh, she had recently purchased a core harmonizer and she called up to tell me that she was doing quite well and she was very optimistic so this uh, technology helped assist her in that and the beautiful thing is is she did this herself so she was in a coherent field environment and she raised her own vibration you know she chose to do it it's an active thing um, but this technology really helps facilitate that and it's really important a lot of us are struggling with a lot of big things and having the support around us constantly is uh, very very helpful and necessary 100%. And that's why we had you on my show. That's why we did a whole episode of it, number 105. If you want to check out a deeper dive with Ross, what we're talking about here, coherence, what it is. And it's a big part of my show because this is about a lifestyle, right? It's holistic health and wellness inside and out, how we can empower ourselves. So this is a perfect fit for my offering to the world, for you and I to collaborate, because this is a way that people can empower themselves to create a beautiful, harmonized, relaxing, calm environment to help raise their vibration and get them on a frequency that's just a higher resonance, just help you feel more at peace. We're all looking for peace. Check out more in episode 105. You can get yours at a special discount on my website under the recommended products page. Just enter the code FITAMYTV10 and you save 10%. Thanks, Ross. Now, I went to medical school and some of the things that I learned when I learned the human body, the way it's taught is it's taught as if there's no real rhyme or reason for the way things are because they, they can't accept the concept of an intelligent design to the body because that implies some sort of supernatural being maybe and that makes scientists uncomfortable because their model has to avoid that. So uh, they therefore have to have um, answers to things that the body can't be made. Uh, it has to be random mutation. So when you look at typical Darwinian evolution, it's all random. So nothing seems to be by plan. 
I don't see it that way personally. And I think that however the body was formed, um, there was a design involved and things are where they are for a reason, even if we can't understand them with our current knowledge. So when I see something, doctors, when they see an appendix and they don't know why we have one and they figure we can't understand it, they will say it's okay to remove it surgically if it gets infected or even preventatively, you're not gonna need it. It's, it's a vestigial organ, they call it, from evolution from a time when we did have, uh, the appendix was used, but now it's not. And it's sort of still there, like your wisdom teeth, which they remove. And they'll even re you know, you remove your tonsils saying you really don't need those. So modern medicine, if it doesn't see a purpose for it because of its own limited stupidity, uh, well, it has unlimited stupidity, it's limited knowledge, then what it ends up doing is it just writes it off and figures it's not necessary. And that's just not true. The way I look at it is there's a reason for the anatomy. The anatomy of the body, the things that we have and its relationship to one another within the body has a purpose for it. So when I learned that the thyroid, which is sort of a gelatinous type organ because it stores thyroxin in the organ itself in a gel type form, so it's so imagine like a jello type jelly and it's why would the body want to put this vitally important organ in your on on your throat first of all where it's exposed not in your abdomen where it's protected or in your chest i mean it could be it could be near your heart it could be under your ribs if it's such a vitally important organ why have it there and why on the voice box which is vibrating like crazy. Yes. Well, then I thought, gee, vibration. I wonder if vibration can affect the thyroid. So I looked up and there are studies that show occupational injury to the thyroid in people that work in high vibrational occupational settings, like in factories where there's banging of machinery and loud noises. All of those noises are vibration and the thyroid was picking it up and the vibration of the thyroid caused it to get damaged. So, and if you damage the thyroid and over mechanically shake it up and stimulate it, it's gonna release thyroxin. So you're gonna get hyperthyroidism from mechanical stimulation of your thyroid. And I, I also know from massage therapists that I've spoken to over the years, that they say you're not supposed to massage the thyroid for a person that has a thyroid condition because uh, you can you can overstimulate and create too much thyroxine release by actual mechanical stimulation. All right, so this is pretty amazing. You have um, an organ on your throat that's responsible for basal metabolic rate, like an, an essential setting point for your whole body. And without it, you would die. And this organ is on a vibrating other organ and um, that, that actually stimulates it. Well, what does medicine think about what stimulates the thyroid? According to medicine, if you open up any medical textbook and you look up thyroid stimulation, it would mention thyroid stimulating hormone, which comes from the pituitary gland in your brain. And right next to that is an area of the brain called the hypothalamus, which secretes a substance called thyroid uh, stimulate releasing factor. Uh, thyroid hormone releasing factor, okay? And that tells the pituitary to release the thyroid stimulating hormone, which then goes into your bloodstream, goes to your thyroid, and tells the thyroid to make thyroxin. 
The thyroid makes thyroxine, goes into the bloodstream. With the, th the thyroxine is secreted, goes into the bloodstream. The blood goes back to your brain. The brain sees more thyroxine in the blood, and the hypothalamus then lowers its stimulation of the pituitary. The pituitary lowers its stimulation of the thyroid, and the thyroid calms down. And that's how it controls it. And that's a feedback loop. And it was like the first endocrinology feedback loop ever discovered. So they use that in medicine all the time when they teach endocrinology and feedback loops of how the brain controls other organs in the body with stimulating hormones that stimulate the organ to make its hormones that then go back to the original stimulator and say, we've made it. It's okay. You can turn, turn it down now. And it modulates and turns it and it keeps it at the right level. If it's too low, it gets stimulated. If it's too high, it gets reduced. That's how it's supposed to work. They never ever think of any other alternative method of thyroid hormone stimulation. That's it in medicine. And if you went to a doctor with high thyroid, they will give you a test to see how active your thyroid is by giving you radioactive iodine that then will be absorbed by the thyroid and they'll see how much is absorbed because your thyroid will be radioactive for a while. They tell you to stay away from people a little bit while you're radioactive. Yikes. And only it lasts a couple of weeks. And, um, and if, if you absorb a lot or a little, it tells them how active or inactive your thyroid might be. If they decide your thyroid is too active or what, if they want to get rid of it, they give you more radioactive iodine because it just so happens that's the way they burn the thyroid off. So oh the radioactivity is like little bullets that shoot through your thyroid. Unfortunately, if you realize your thyroid is right here on your throat mm -hmm. and imagine radioactive rays shooting around, your brain is right there and it's probably not the best thing. And your heart's <laughs> right there. Probably not the best thing to have radioactivity right there in your throat, but wow. that's modern medicine for you. God. So then once they get rid of your thyroid, which they call ablating the thyroid, mm -hmm. once your thyroid is ablated, They'll then give you thyroid stimulating hormone, which is um, normally it used to be from pigs. And now it's, I believe they're giving genetically engineered human uh, thyroid stimulate, thyroid hormone, thyroxine. It's, they don't give thyroid stimulating hormone. I'm sorry. They give you thyroxine, which is the actual hormone the thyroid makes. So they'll either give you pig hormone or which they used to do, or now they almost exclusively getting GMO, uh, genetically modified, made in either bacteria or um, yeast. And... Uh, and then you're on that for the rest of your life. So basically they substitute with a pill, something that was a very finely controlled mechanism. And they, you have to go to the doctor regularly to make sure you're not having too much or too little because you're not modulating it and you're absorbing, you're swallowing a pill with hormone. That's another interesting thing. Hormones are in your blood at nanomolar levels. Nanomolar is 10 to the minus ninth moles. The, the concentration of that is like almost parts per billion. Okay, very small. When you take a pill, you're dealing with milligrams or even grams of a substance that is like huge dosage and you're swallowing it and absorbing who knows how much. So normally in your body, we have a very, very low concentration of hormones that have a very big impact on things. And when we take hormone pills, we're taking large doses in our intestines. So we're absorbing a variable amount. So you don't even know how much you're going to get. And right. it could change from yeah. day to day, from diet, from what you're eating, when you, everything. So it's all guesswork. And then you spend the rest of your life <laughs> hoping that your thyroid levels are okay. 
and 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 uh, and then you're stuck with your doctor, and they love you. And I don't even know if they send you Christmas cards, but that's basically it for the rest of your life. Get ready for doctor visits. So, I was thinking, okay, could it be that they're missing something here? Because of course they make a lot of money on this scheme. So I mean, the way it's set up, they have they make a lot of money on, and it's a huge problem. What if it's related to vocalization? Well. I, um, I, I had an interesting anecdotal experience. I wrote about this and here in Hawaii, a, a guy retired, re, had recently retired. He was, um, he was, um, uh, um, a, uh, a cameraman for, um, high profile, uh, stars doing concerts. And he was, so he was a real boss guy. And when people drove by his, his oceanfront home on our very small single lane highway and we're going very too fast, he would yell at them and he would say, slow down. And he did this for months. He was, he was from California. So he had LA energy and he was in Hawaii, totally wrong energy. But so he was like type A guy in a type Z place. (laughs) And he was uh, trying to tell everybody to slow down and he was screaming at them. And I didn't see him at one point. And I saw him after months. And I said to him, where have you been? And he said he was sick. He had some, he had a thyroid problem. And he went to the doctor and the doctor ablated his thyroid. And he told me all about that. And I said, you know, I, I recently had this theory I've been developing about the thyroid and vibration. And, and that when people yell, they overstimulate the thyroid and make hyperthyroidism. And I think all they need to do is stop yelling and let their thyroid heal and sort of be quiet for a while, and then they should recover. Uh, I think they just overstimulate it, and it's a temporary thing. But then they go to the doctor, and the doctor makes it a permanent thing. So he had this look on his, you know, he was wondering, and as I was talking to him, a car came by, and he reflexively yelled, slow down, and and I just told him this, and he realized he just did it. And the light went on, and oh my God, I saw this guy's face like, oh, he knew it and he now didn't have a thyroid anymore and he now understood why he had that problem and his doctor never mentioned it because his doctor never even imagined it it's not in any medical book so i just wrote about it and then i started talking about it and doing some shows and while i was on shows i had people calling in and telling me uh, one woman was a nun anecdotal evidence Mm-hmm. Well, that's what you're going to do at this level. Mm-hmm. One was a nun, and she said uh, she had to go into uh, uh, in her training. She couldn't speak for like a year or two, mm-hmm. and like in seclusion or whatever they call it. And uh, she developed hypothyroidism. And then I started to uh, connected with vocal people, people who were actually uh, singers. And I was wondering how they dealt with this. Were there a problem like opera singers? You'd think they'd blow their thyroid. But, um, and I was discovering that a lot of singers did have thyroid problems. But what was really interesting, I, I think singers learn how to, how to vibrate it, not in your neck, but down deeper. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they do they, uh, diaphragmatic breathing, you know, from the diaphragm. Not, so I, I've learned, you know, you can scream at somebody and you could either scream really high and, and your throat like really hurts yeah. or you could do it low and they, and it doesn't go in your throat. It's like the, it, it saves you. There are ways of putting the sound in your body where the focus is not on your thyroid. And I think singers know that professionally and how to project mm-hmm. a voice without destroying their thyroids. However, when you, um, so I contacted 
the vo- there's a place I think it's called the Voice Institute in New York, and they deal with singers, and they're worried about the effect of the thyroid on the voice because of the intimate association of the two. And there are nerves that supply both the vocal cords and right nearby supply the thyroid. And when they go in and do thyroid surgery, they sometimes can cut the wrong nerve and they can oh, cause people yeah. to have voice changes and real problems. So, um, and if you get a goiter or other problem, it, it's impinging on your, your vocal box. So they've been studying the effect of the thyroid on the voice. And I said, have you ever thought of the effect of the voice on the thyroid? Like maybe we need to stimulate the thyroid more when people aren't talking enough. And maybe they need to understimulate their thyroid and talk less if they're overdoing it. And he, he thought, well, I never heard about this. And he wasn't interested because they're not interested. I mean, just because it's a good idea doesn't mean people are going to do anything about it if they don't make money and it's not what they do. So I then just kept on doing outreach. And since I've now I've seen some articles coming out, two studies, uh, they were done on tissue culture. They exposed it to uh, sound waves and these thyroid cells actually secreted thyroxin under the influence of vibrational sound waves. So it, cause it made sense to them too. Uh, they may have read my stuff. I don't know, uh, but it's sort of logical. Why would it be on the thyroid, uh, on the voice box? Couldn't the voice box affect the thyroid? And this would be an easy therapy. So when I had some people, what I'm discovering and getting back to the culture cause in our culture, a lot of people, probably in a lot of cultures, when a bad thing happens, uh, you stop talking sometimes. You get depressed. You might be in your mid-ages and you lose your spouse from divorce or, or death. And you, you, you are like suddenly not talking as much. You're not socializing the way you used to. There are cultural things that can change the way you use your voice. Conversely, you might be in relationship problems or work problems where you're yelling a lot. You're angry and high uh, and lots of stress has been associated with thyroid problems, but stress is also associated with yelling. So what um, I, I tell people to try to do, and what I think happens is if, if a woman, let's say, cause they have a higher rate of hypothyroidism than men. If a woman starts to um, get socially isolated in older age and then become like a displaced homemaker type person, and she's sort of depressed and alone. And in our culture today, we don't talk on the phone like we used to. We text, we, we email, we're not as vocal, although now with video chats, I think we might be getting a little more of that, but there was a lot, there's still a lot of less verbalization. If there's less verbalization, there'll be less vocal stim- stimulation of the thyroid. Um, we don't sing like we used to. When you look at old movies from the 30s and 40s and even 50s, people used to sing. When we didn't have as much instant entertainment with the push of a radio or computer, we had people singing. They would, uh, they would do this type of entertainment with them in the evenings. There would be lots of people singing songs all the time. It wasn't an embarrassing thing. We sang anthems together. We sang all sorts of things together. Singing has left our lives. So we are less vocal. So you'd imagine we'd be a more hypothyroid place. And I think what happens is, and this is my guess, but the way I'm understanding it is, when you are developing as a child, the brain thyroid axis is, of course, happening, but so is your voice. And if you're a very vocal type of person, naturally, it's just your tendency is to make noise uh, more than some other person, then your brain, it, the components, so the, the, the two factors are vocalization and the brain input. The more you vocalize, the less brain input's needed 
the less you vocalize, the more brain input would be needed. But your body would reach some sort of an equilibrium where your voice level, if you're a soft-spoken person, you might have higher TSH, thyroid-stimulating hormone levels, because you're more reliant on the brain for stimulation because you don't stimulate it that much. You're more of an introverted, soft-spoken person. If you're an extrovert, you're constantly talking, you're a salesperson, you're on the phone all the time. You can bet you have a low TSH because you're, you're compensating most vocalization. So there would be these, and that makes sense for an organ that is so critically important to your body, the thyroid, you'd expect you'd have more than one way of controlling it. That just is logical to me for an intelligent design body, which it clearly is to put it on things where it belongs. I mean, anatomy tells you function a lot. If you know what, how things are made, it tells you what they do because they're made that way because they do things a certain way. It's, it's one, it's all one, you know, you don't. So I, I think then if you understand anatomy, you really understand physiology to some degree and you shouldn't ignore these relationships of body parts that medicine thinks it ignores because they don't think of relationship as significant. It, it, it's, it's, it wasn't intended. It was arbitrary and almost capricious by nature. And if it happens to be an advantage, selectively, biologically selective advantage, then it lasts. And if it wasn't, then it doesn't last. And that's all there is to it. And they can't see any relationship otherwise, which gives them a hard time explaining a whole bunch of social things and uh, that it doesn't explain. I mean, evolution is good in some things, but not it's not a perfect theory. But anyway, um, I, I can go all over the place with all of these things. But um, so that's the thyroid in a nutshell. So if a person wants to do a self-study, you have a thyroid problem. If you're hyper hyperthyroid, you could look up the symptoms of hypo and hyper and then ask yourself, am I talking less than I used to? That's normal. Or am I talking more than I used to? Then try to go back to your norm. That's what your body is used to. If you're hyperthyroid, stop over vocalizing. If you're hypothyroid, then maybe you need to vocalize more. Read out loud. Sing. Sing to yourself. In the, you know, spend maybe an hour or two a day with more vocalization and see how that makes you feel. And after about a week or two, you may actually feel higher energy which you may feel anyway, but more vocalization might mean you breathe more and, and more oxygenation. You know, this isn't, you know, controlling all variables, but the point is you should try, if you're low in thyroid, try vocalizing more. If you're high in thyroid, try vocalizing less. Okay. Wow. Excellent. That's uh, quite a little synopsis. Excellent. Um, I'd like to also introduce the element of the, um, esoteric and some of the um, energetic qualities of this area of the body. Most of my audience is probably familiar with the term chakras, which is an energy center. And there are hundreds, if not thousands of chakras in the body. Most people are aware of the major seven areas in the body of uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, from the base of the spine up to the crown of the head. There are kind of 10 primary ones, but in most Western societies we talk about the seven so the 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 area that we're talking about today the throat and the neck area it was also called the neck chakra in some regards is the throat chakra and it's uh in um in um it's pronounced if i say this right visuddha the visuddha is the sanskrit term and it actually means um to purify a purification is the interpretation of the um, Sanskrit word. And it's the energetic center of the body, as you're mentioning, that's responsible for our communication in the world, 
not only our speaking, but also our listening and our hearing because it's a reciprocal relationship. It's a two-way relationship. We have two ears, one mouth, right? So some people think we should listen twice as much as we speak. But what you're talking about today, Sid, is us having the self-awareness to know how much in my life am I in balance between my expression and my speaking and my energy out and then my listening and taking in and processing the energy in, which is important um, factor for all of us. And I think, you know, some people are born a certain way, right? Some people just talk a lot, you know, or they have a loud voice or some people are, as you mentioned, are more introverted and that's all beautiful. But at the end of the day, we all need to express our soul in some way. And if we don't, we're going to have problems. We're going to have imbalances. We're going to get some sort of sickness or um, discomfort or lack of ease, if you will, dis-ease. So this area of the body is the center of communication. Uh, it's The element is sound. Each chakra of the body has an element. It has a planet. It has a sound. It has a noise. It has a nerve plexus. This, the planet for the, this chakra is Jupiter. The plexus, the major nerve plexus is the cervical ganglia. So it's through the neck. And um, it's also our willpower and our sense of choice. So if we think, okay, why would willpower and our communication and self-expression and our sense of choice be all involved energetically in this area of our life, both symbolically and literally? Um, I'd like to pose that to you as an expert, Sid, in this area. Well, why do you think nature did that or great spirit that this area is again our self-expression our sense of communication listening speaking um, our sense of ourself our sense of choice and our willpower our personal will why is this all tied up with the voice and the element of sound wow that's a really good question it's a profound question and yeah. um i mean music plays into it as well if you're dealing with sound mm -hmm. um and music, you know, it, it moves us and it vibrates us and we move back and harmonize with it. So, um, and we express ourselves with our voice. So I could see how it would be involved in choice and everything. I mean, your throat is a very, I mean, you breathe through it. It's the conduit between your brain and your body. It's, um, yes. it's a very important part of your body. And, um, you can protect it with your chin. I mean, it is a little protected. You could tuck your chin and protect that part of your, you know, uh, if you need to. So that's good that, um, um, cause it's out there. Otherwise you, you know, you can imagine you could be choked. It is kind of vulnerable. Yeah. I never, you know, uh, that, when you said that, I really had to pause because that I've never considered that. Why in God's name would it's such an important area of our body be so vulnerable, not protected inside the rib cage like some of our other vital organs. Very, very interesting. Well, you know, I have a theory about that, but it's too, it's really kind of weird. Is it out um, there? <laughs> it's out there. Do you want me to tell it to you? Of course. You know, you. I'm going to ask you now that you well, said that I'm definitely asking you. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I sort of, I don't know the cause, what, what, what caused, um, I think of, I think biological, um, systems of animals really seem very much like a machine to me. I, I think, I mean, if I was to be science fiction, okay, and I realize I have, this is science fiction. Mm -hmm. I think we are biological machines 
that were probably created by some other intelligent life form that can reproduce itself, take care of itself. DNA is our internal hard drive. It, it takes care of what we do. And, and then we have the culture is our like apps that we upload, the software. Uh, but we have a hardware that we share with so many other animals. It's like there's, yep. we're just one model in, uh, of, of, of uh, a type. Our DNA and, is very much like a lot of other species' DNA. Mm -hmm. And we're all made very similarly. Mm -hmm. And then I noticed that there's another organ. This is what made me think about what I'm going to say. Why are the testicles where they are? They're pretty important. Why are they just hanging down there? You ladies have ovaries protected, protected. nicely in your abdomen. Mm. We got them hanging out there. Now you combine that with being a farmer. And what's the advantage of testicles hanging outside? Cool them off. Cut them off. Huh? cut them off when I you're a farmer you you don't want too many males so you need to be able to castrate your animals oh wow you either oh so you oh, could tie you tie them off with a band wow. and that's very easy to do and i know now as wow. a farmer real life with lots of sheep that were like reproducing and reproducing mm -hmm. you have so many males they're fighting each other yeah they're raping the females they'll actually kill females too many roosters on a chicken is not good what do you do when you have too many animals, they'll try to kill each other. They'll do what they can. But the fact is, as a good husbandry person, you control your numbers, you control your population. So what we what you do is you castrate them. So when you look at these domestic animals that we live with, they pretty much have easy castrate testicles and easy to control. They live fine. You can cut off with primitive. You just tie a band around the testicles and they can't they, that's how they fall off they wither Yikes. away and fall off oh my goodness you don't even need surgery so it's very old tech so what i'm wondering is humans have this too so i'm wondering if that's the way we're we we were meant to be controlled i mean we are mm. these these biological robots that have a function that we all serve that we're made to serve that we work together in some coordinated way within nature we're animals occupy ecosystems that they need one another and we can't we cannot survive without eating certain things i mean essential isn't that kind of weird too that you mm -hmm. can't survive without essential vitamins from somewhere else without essential amino uh, amino acids that you can't make and you with, can't thrive without the ingredient love you can survive but you can't thrive it's actually well, that, it's actually actually a syndrome in babies a failure to throw oh, yes. babies oh, yes. that aren't touched or hugged or anything well that's a sign of social the, the yeah. fact that we're social so organisms love is an we're not individuals mm -hmm. right right and, and we're not individuals we are part of a bigger whole that we're mm -hmm. all obviously connected to because we we're can't... social creatures right the question is where do we come from and are we machines and right I, I, interesting theory sid well, in which case that explains why the thyroid might be there because you can cut throats that way too. And yeah. it seems like wow. if you want to dispose harsh. of control, I know it's harsh. No, when but can, hey, it's, a, it's, it's reality. It can be harsh. harsh. Yeah. And when you're a farmer and you're dealing with animals, how do you kill them and how do you mm -hmm. control them? And if we, and you know, humans um, are very similar in structure. So mm -hmm. if there was a more superior organism that controls our kinds of organisms. Well, people controlled each other. We castrate. The, the mm -hmm. Catholic Church made castrato singers of males. That mm -hmm. takes us back to singing. I wonder if they had any thyroid issues. But yeah. they had, um, you know, they, they castrated boys to keep their voices high. And that, that was into the 20th century. Yeah. So it's not like we never did that. We castrated men lots for that. 
uh, for you know made eunuchs to serve in harems and to serve in other purposes, and uh, they were there was a whole culture of that. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, it's kind of yeah. weird. Well, it's no, first weird, but- I just want to say that I I really appreciate your first of all your courage even saying such a such a theory (laughs) no really it's great and you know for the audience you know i think it's important even if it made you uncomfortable what what sid's talking about is it's important that we all keep an open mind you know you might even if you're listening going that's nuts or that's barbaric or but you know what (laughs) it's good for us to hear these things because we have to expand our minds and even entertain something as possible you know, and, you know, without just quick to judge and cut it off because it makes you uncomfortable to hear it or it sounds Looney Tunes. Who cares? You know, so I, I like. Well, that's that's a great segue into the taboo topics that I wanted to talk with you yeah, about. Well, actually, hold on now. <laughs> put, a, put a pen in that because I, we got we to gotta back up a little bit because there's a couple yeah. more things I want to address with the um, yeah. with the fifth chakra, which is very important because. Oh, yes. And it's it's to your point about the the relationship with the testicles and the throat. Because um, in my training in biogeometry, which is the science, the quality of science, and how shape determines function in the body, and That's the womb, yes, and the womb and the uh, the uterus is uh, the vesica Pisces, which is the you know it's basically an oval shape, and if we think about the shape of the womb and the second chakra, which is the pelvis, the sexual organs, the every chakra in the body is paired except for the heart. And you mentioned it because the heart is the gateway. It's the it's the bridge between the physical animal body, which is the lower chakras, one, two, and three, and then the ascended chakras, which are five, six, seven, which are the upper chakras, which is the more spiritual. So the heart is the middle point chakra, which connects the physical matter body, the human body, with the spiritual ascended body. And mm-hmm. all the chakras are paired. So it's said that chakra two, this the sacral chakra, which again is the sexual organs and the womb and the uterus, is paired with the fifth chakra, which we're talking about today, which is the throat and the neck. And if you think about the shape of the larynx, which is the voice box, it's similar to that oval shape, which is very similar to the womb. And you mentioned about, well, we all know when you're nervous, your voice goes up or maybe you might talk faster. We all know our mental state affects our voice. We know that. And you have a lump in your throat. We have expressions for it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to think how um, I've heard in my studies of, of women's mysteries and, and women's um, health that it's said that if you really want to stand in your power as a woman, you want to make sure, and I'm sure this applies for men, you want to make sure you speak from your second chakra, which is your womb, your uterus, not from your fifth chakra. And you mentioned that, how singers, you do that. How, how are they doing that? Like how are singers not blowing out their, their um, thyroids? Well, they're probably figuring out a way to pull their power up from their core, their lower chakras up, yes, resonating yeah, through yeah. the chamber of the rib cage and the, the lungs and out. And that's truly where our power is. So I think that's an important thing for, for us to talk about because the fifth chakra is known to be a, a masculine chakra. It actually is symbolic of the father, whereas the second chakra is the feminine chakra, and the fourth is feminine as well. They, they alternate. So it's, it's just interesting for our discussion today for everyone to kind of 
wrap around holistically this idea of this area of the body, which is the mouth, the jaw, the, the neck. Do you have a tight neck? Uh, do you grind your teeth? Do you have swallowing problems? Do you have voice problems? Um, do you have tension headaches? Do you, these are all areas associated energetically with this area of your body. So the question for the audience to ponder is, to, to, to Sydney's point earlier, are you speaking too much? Are you speaking too loudly? Are you screaming too much? Or maybe are you not using your voice? Are you not speaking your truth? Is there a place in your life where you're not standing in your integrity that your heart and your soul is not happy and wants to express itself? Something you feel is an injustice going on in your world and you're being silent. It's actually one of the worst crimes you can commit is to be silent when you need to speak for an injustice. So these are all imbalances in this area energetically of our, of our body. So the body is going to emote the symptoms that the soul can't express. So, and that goes for every chakra in your body. So this is a big reason, Sid, why I wanted you on the show again today, because you have so many areas of expertise. And again, that 119 blew the world open with your bra and breast cancer link. And everyone, please, if you're a woman or loved one, you got to listen to that show. Mm-hmm. It's going to change your life. It's changed mine and many others. And um, you have so much interesting work as a medical anthropologist that, again, the effects of our culture on our mind, bodies, and spirits that people are just not talking about. But thank God you are. Because, I mean, go back and listen to this episode again, everybody, and think of all the ramifications uh, of your life for someone you know, mm-hmm. you know, and we're not being told this stuff, Sid. So let's circle back. You mentioned some great uh, things. Okay, so let me ask you this, Sid. So for somebody who might be depressed or socially isolated, they're not talking and chatting as much as they'd like to, the, the, the prescription is what? They can hum, they can sing. Let's go through some more. Well, you could read out loud. You yep. could um, you can read to somebody else. Um, Chanting. I, I th- yes, that would be good. Anything that's th- you can even massage your throat if you want. Try that. Yes, massage. Just phys- okay. physical massaging of the throat. Mm-hmm. They probably will, someday they might be, make a vibration device that you put on your throat and it vibrates it for you. But I think the ideal vibration is going to be your normal voice. I think your body would tune in. To what nice. your freak the frequency yep. would be at your your tone for your voice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, vocalization is an important way of detoxifying and and releasing energy from the body because when you're not speaking your truth, you're holding intention. Your body's not its intention, like it's mm-hmm. not it's not relaxed. So by speaking or get or expressing yourself, in other words, like maybe journaling even is speaking. And maybe even if no one ever receives it, it's a way of you expressing yourself. Or would you say, Pitt, Sid, in your, your opinion, would something like, like dance, like ex- dancing f- from your soul expressing or art therapy, those are expressions. Is that adequate or, or it's not vibrating the thyroid so that would not count? Well, I see what you're where you're getting with this. It's like mm. you're you're saying the if the cause is um, some sort of psychological stressors in your life, lack of expression, a lack of expression. Then then if you express yourself, then maybe your thyroid will just start feeling better because you're not holding that stress in your throat. Maybe, uh, but mm-hmm. I think 
I think I'm, I'm just being more mechanical about right. it. And, and, mm-hmm. and you're talking about Literally. very real, very real, subtle things. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think subtle things are extremely important. Mm-hmm. And, um, and one of the things as another point to make, um, which I've been, uh, I, when we weren't going to go into acrylam- acrylamide today, but one of the things that made me realize was how low, low doses or uh, little amounts of a bad thing are cumulative. And that's the problem. A lot of subtle, we were talking about subtle things and I'm saying subtle things really are important, very Mm -hmm. important because they add up, they add up and you don't realize it when it's happening, but then over time it has a big, big impact. So Mm -hmm. I agree with you about these subtle field issues and chakra issues and mental issues. Um, I think a vibration though, as a mechanical issue becomes, uh, it's just, I don't know how you can get around that. It's yeah. like with the bra. It's like literal. With bra and like, breast. Yeah. You, you can say with the breast issue that women yeah. hold in their emotion in their breasts and breasts are so emotional as organs and they're, they feed babies and they need so much. And if a woman feels suppressed in her womanhood, it'll affect her breasts. And, and there have been suggestions that attitude can cause breast cancer issues. But I don't think that would get rid of having a good attitude would get rid of wearing a tight bra. Because yes. there's mechan- mechanical issues I think are, are like um, order of magnitude more impactful, but that doesn't yeah. mean that what you're saying is not impactful. I think yep. that, that you're, you not need to do degree. all of that. I agree. Well yeah. said, well said. I totally agree. It all, it all matters, but maybe it's a matter of degree. It's the same thing as like you said with iodine, you know, it's like, if you don't, if you're, if you're not, uh, if you're not taking enough iodine, you're going to have a thyroid problem, no matter how much you're balancing your, your expression and your voice and your will. And right. That's you know, right. That's, you know, so it's, that's why it's mind, body, spirit, right? We have to address all these things. I guess too, it's a matter of like, and I always tell people, you got to be your own detective and kind of like check off the boxes till you find the solution to what's going on. Like if, if you, if you've dialed in your diet and you've dialed in your sleep and your water and your exercise, and you're still having a thyroid problem, maybe you got to look at, am I not speaking my truth or am I yelling too much? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, check, check off all the boxes until you get to the solution. Maybe, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, you know, it's your response. We're not in a culture that makes it easy to be healthy. Yes. And yes, you you have to na- say no and be able yeah. to look at yourself and be honest and um, yeah and and be willing to make the changes. You know, one thing I yeah. uh, you say mind, body, spirit. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think is uh, important. I agree with that. I think, however, that by framing them the way we do with concepts that are in uh, that are like there's mind, there's body, and there's spirit. Separate. We forget. Mm-hmm we separate we forget the fact that they are one and that you you can't affect one without the other so you can't have a healthy body with your spirits not good it's as you get healthy your spirit is going to change it's like it's all together as you get a bad attitude you get a bad body it's one it is one thing your spirit body and everything so you can't think of it as separate things and i think they'll evolve together um as you get healthier, your attitude does change. Like when we talked last time in the other episode, when women get rid of their bras, their attitudes about themselves change. Their whole self-esteem, their, their lives Feeling of transform. freedom, literally and figuratively free. 
from one thing that then affects you on a physical, spiritual, emotional, all sorts of levels. But isn't so everything the ripple effect? That's that's yes, how yes. all of life is. We are all yes. the pebble that gets dropped in the water and ripples out. You know, that's why that's, right. that's why being uh, selfish and taking care of your own needs has to come first because you are then going to go and influence your whole world. And if everyone did that, how much nicer the ripples would be. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. And I want to get, just as we come to the close here, Sid, because we, we, we gave some great tips for anybody with hypothyroid, which is very common these days. But we have to talk just quickly about tips for hyper, which is excessive overuse of the thyroid, um, perhaps from um, screaming or yelling or talking too much and not listening, not listening to other people and uh, rushing. Rushing is one of the negative uh, aspects of this chakra area of the body, always kind of rushing and having, uh, being very stubborn, being stubborn and fixed in the way you're thinking or living and, you know, like a stiff neck. Um, we know so, people, people like that will tend to yell and, you know, when they're you aggravated, go. you know, yes. and, and they're not looking at that component. So when they uh -huh. do this research, they're not asking these other lifestyle issues like, gee, do you yell a lot? But imagine going to a football game and really getting into it and just screaming. And getting, you know, that kind of stimulation of your thyroid mm. it really does release a lot of thyroxin. So if you did that on a regular basis and you're well, yelling. Let me, you know what, this is just, I know we're getting to the end, but let me just ask you this because that's a very interesting point. But isn't the context or the emotion behind it relevant? Like a football game, that's a fun activity. Like even if I'm mad, my team's losing. But yeah, they scored a touchdown. Woo! Or you're at a concert and you're screaming, I love you. You know, this is awesome. Right. right. And you're happy about it as opposed to maybe yelling because, oh my God, this is going to be a plane accident or, you know, whatever. You know, are you yelling you're in a bad relationship? So you're yelling because you're mad. So wouldn't the energy behind the fact thyroid vibration matter? I don't think it would to the thyroid from that point of view, but I think there would be obviously different hormones involved. If uh -huh. you're uh, it, probably your adrenaline will still be high when you're screaming for your team as when you're screaming in fright. Um, but I think in, in any event, the, the mechanical issue uh, of just overstimulating the thyroid is going to do its damage. Now, if, if it's associated with a uh, a problem that you're repeatedly yelling, like if you're in a fight with a spouse and you're mm -hmm. yelling at them all the time, or you're, you, you got issues and you're, you're just aggravated. A lot of people when they're aggravated and stressed, they yell yep. and you know, and they go through a period of life like that. And if you discover that this is what you're doing and now you suddenly after a month of being stressed out and doing a lot of yelling, uh, now you have a thyroid problem. You want to reevaluate that. The, the thing is whether you have both hypo or hyperthyroid, the first thing to ask is, have I been changing any of my behaviors lately regarding the way I use my voice? How happy am I? Sure. Be honest. Yeah, but that, that might not affect, if you're vibrating though, that might not matter if you're not making vibrational differences, whether you're happy or less happy. I and mean, we have to have like, am I screaming more as a result of being happy or, or sad? Am I using my voice any differently? Like a lot of women, one woman, for example, a good anecdotal example is she, she got divorced. She was depressed. She used to sing all the time. She stopped singing. And when I told her about this, she said, this makes so much sense because I used to sing all the time. Mm -hmm. and, and when I stopped, I started a year later, I got hypothyroid. So it takes time for the effects of these things. And then yeah. she started singing True, again and she started immediate. feeling better mm -hmm. and it comes back. Yeah, it's not an immediate thing. Um, so I would give it about a couple of weeks 
of changing your behavior to see if you start feeling any differently. Keep in mind, if you go to the doctor, the first thing they'll do is give you radioactive iodine and get you on that track because they, they love putting people on thyroxin uh, for life. It's mm -hmm. one of those real good money makers for medicine, lifetime medication, and you can't mm -hmm. go off it because you've lost your thyroid. Mm -hmm. So um, you don't want to go there unless you have to. And first try changing your vocalization pattern. Try to become more of what you used to be. Mm -hmm. If you change, if you're doing more yelling, do less, doing you know, less talking, do more mm -hmm. and see how that affects you. And then if you need to go to a doctor, you can. But uh, keep in mind that they're even their diagnostic methods are using this uses. If they use radioactive iodine on you, I would say no. I would walk. I would not let anybody put radioactive iodine in my my thyroid. I really yeah. wouldn't. Well, a big part of this show, and I know a big part of your work is, you know, just trying to look at how we're living and our lifestyle, you know, our, what we can, what we can influence naturally in any kind of drug or surgical procedure, hopefully is a last resort if necessary, after you've exhausted all the other possibilities. Well, yeah, but the problem is medicine gets paid for that. Oh, so we know that, <laughs> but hopefully so you're not there. Those, yeah, well, they're not going to tell you what's getting you there. Of and, course. And they're That's not going to address That's why shows that. like mine are here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and people like you exist. Yes, Sydney, exactly. this has been amazing. Thank you so much. As usual, we could talk for hours, and there's so much more I'd love to chat with you about. I know everybody wants to learn more. You've written some great articles on this, and all you've got a bunch of other work. I've referred to episode 119. Everyone has to listen to the link between bras and breast cancer. But, Sydney, how can... Uh, Actually, you know, any last thoughts in closure today? You've said a lot of wonderful little snippets, but any just last thoughts that maybe haven't been said that makes you feel complete today? <laughs> well, I don't know if I'll ever feel complete with one last thought. I feel like I got to keep on thinking. I think everybody needs to keep on thinking and um, realize that the culture is uh, not necessarily your friend, that it could be in conflict with your natural needs mm -hmm. and that no one is going to look out for you like you can and if they get paid to do it they have a conflict of interest so you just can't uh you you just you got to rely on yourself and with the internet you could research there's so much out there that you you know you shouldn't ever say i don't know what that means there are ways of figuring it out and making judging it yourself Depending on the search engine you use, because you know that's a business True. too, and it's going to be curated what it allows you to see. So yeah, what I always tell people is, yeah, be your own detective and doctor, but you got to always consider the source, and you have to, you just have to be an astute consumer. You have to know where your information is coming from. And uh, don't trust the fact checkers because the fact checkers go. need to be checked. And that's too. my point. You know what I mean? You got to always consider the source, and uh, and you know the the you know the fruit. Uh, by the tree, right? So, you know, is the person walking the talk? Are they the living example of what you want to be like? You know, is, mm -hmm. is, a good, mm -hmm. is a good one. So, Sid, thank you so much. How can people find out more about the connection between the thyroid and the voice and the vibration and sound in all of your work? Well, um, I, get, I, um, I hope you'll be uh, posting an article that I wrote on academia.edu for that. And on that academia website, I have about 90 other articles that I've written on all sorts of things. Um, some of them are fun. Some of them are extremely serious. All of them are 
are hopefully uh, going to be uh, change the way you think about things. And that's sort of my goal is to change the way to turn the light on. Uh, I think, you know, we have to realize maybe this is a closing statement. I think instead of instead of lamenting the fact that the world is as dark as it is, we have to be happy of the fact that there are people who do turn on the light or maybe putting it differently. Um, watch the donut, not the hole. So we have to <laughs> keep positive. And like that's an that. old expression, you know. That's great. Watch the donut, not the hole. And that's what it's we not have eat to the do. donut, and not the hole. It's watch, yeah. <laughs> watch, it's the, watch donut. the donut, not the <laughs> hole. I like those little hole donut things. Remember when those first came out? Those were they were a big hit. Somebody yeah. was pretty smart. Rather than throwing away this stuff, let's just sell it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interject, but no, no that's fine. that's great. We always want to end with optimism because this is about solutions, right? And we could talk about some of the issues, but we want to give people real tools that can really make a difference. So guys, if this helped you, take action. Don't just be like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. Do something about it. Apply one of the things that you learned today or share it with someone who you think needs it. Sydney Ross Singer, thank you so much for being on Awakening Aphrodite again. This has always been so educational and enlightening and inspiring. Well, thank you for having me, Amy, and I'm really glad you're doing what you're doing. I appreciate it, my friend. Well, I have a feeling we're going to have you back on round three. I don't know. There's so much more to talk about. So, Oh, I'd love um, to. I'd love to. There's so much more I'm learning every day. I love it. You're a lot like me. And, uh, and I do want to say, too, I really do admire your courage that, you know, you said it, that we have to be, to live a full, actualized life, we have to be brave. And we mm -hmm, have to be mm -hmm. brave enough to fear, uh, to, to, to not fear looking like the fool and saying things that might sound crazy or silly or whatever, as you have demonstrated. So I think it's very inspiring. And whether you agree with everyone in the world or not isn't the point. It's just let's keep an open mind and always respect and fight for other people's ability to speak their truth, even if we don't agree. That's the yes, point. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. But I happen to agree with a lot of what you said. So, <laughs> so that makes it more fun. Let's just put it that way when we actually agree. All right, everybody. Thanks again for watching or listening. And please share the show. Remember, you can find me on Instagram at FitAmyTV. And uh, make sure you subscribe. I will see you next time. And thanks again, Sydney. Would you like to support my mission to help empower people all over the world to be all of who they truly are? If so, please subscribe to the show, leave a review on iTunes, and share it with a friend. And if you're looking to take immediate action to align your energy and optimize your health, visit amyfournier.com. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite. Let's awaken her together in you. I'm your hostess, Amy Fournier, and I already can't wait to be with you again and for you to hear what I have planned for the next show. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. To learn more about Amy, check out her website, amyfournier.com. That's A-M-Y-F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R.com. You can also check out Amy's live and on-demand virtual fitness and yoga classes and sign up for her newsletter to receive a free mini ebook of three of her top tips for making holistic health a lifestyle. Again, that's amyfournier.com and get your ebook sent to your email immediately. Connect with Amy on the daily on Instagram at FitAmyTV, F-I-T-A-M-Y-T-V. 
and watch many of the podcast episodes and subtopic clips on her YouTube channel, which is also Fit Amy TV. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time on Awakening Aphrodite.